Good morning and welcome to this podcast, a reflection for Sunday the 10th of May. There is a separate podcast for the three readings set for this morning and this is also on our website. Few of us travel far, if anywhere, in these strange days of lockdown. Through Friday night, some travellers arrived here and greeted us as we awoke on Saturday morning. After 7,000 miles of flying, the Swifts flew high in the sky above our house and here they will stay until August when they head back once again to the middle of Africa. I feel a little guilty in admitting that I am relatively lucky as I am able to be out and about even in these times. There are still some students coming into school. There are deliveries of food that need to be made. And there are trips on the bike and walks to the river. In many ways, the world seems timeless and unchanging in this wonderful spring season. The cuckoo above mask has beaten the swifts by a few days. The kingfishers by the river have regained their brilliant colours. A prayer that came up recently in the morning podcasts goes something like this. Gracious God, your whole creation sings your marvellous work. May heaven's praise so echo, so echo in our hearts that we may be good stewards of the earth through Jesus Christ our Lord. These echoes of God are seen and sung in the times and seasons, even as now our own season seems so unfamiliar and uncertain. There are other echoes that come to us through history and some are not so pleasant. We probably already know well the story from Acts of Stephen the young man who was the first to be killed because of his Christian faith. There has been many more. Do you know of John Snell, caught on the wrong side of the divisions in our own church and burnt at the stake in Newbiggin, here in Richmond, in 1558? an unhappy echo. How well do you know Stephen's story from Acts in chapter 7? His death is famous, but gruesome. His backstory, however, always makes me smile. This was in the very early days of the church, and the disciples and the earliest converts were busy. They were, for example, recording an account of their new faith in what are now the scriptures that we have today. 
and they were also struggling to work out the best way to organize themselves as a Christian community. And this is another echo that reaches us today. As also is their familiar complaint, for we like complaining. The disciples felt that they were working too hard. Bless them. This is verse 2 in chapter 6. The twelve gathered all the disciples together and they said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among us who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And so seven members of the early church were chosen for this work and the first of these men, well, that was Stephen. He was given a job to share the work of taking food to the vulnerable, such as some of the widows, and to wait on tables and serve the community. The disciples, they would take care of the prayer and the ministry of the word. Well, Stephen is a bit of a hero, a hero of mine, because as well as doing his designated duty, duties, God's word through him was unstoppable. Challenged for his newfound faith, he speaks the word clearly and publicly. And it is for this reason that Stephen is killed. I wonder how the disciples reacted to this. How do we react to all the familiar after Easter stories? The appearance of Jesus in the garden, the locked room, the road to Emmaus. I have felt closer to these stories this year. Why? Well, the family and friends of Jesus, like us, they had predictable and comfortable times and seasons to their lives. Their homes, their work, their festivals such as Passover, their close friendships, groups, and they accompanied Jesus. All of this turned upside down and into utter confusion. The women in the garden, utterly bereft, and Jesus comes. The disciples locked away, wondering what next. And Jesus comes. Cleophas and Mary on the road. Mary having been at the foot of the cross. Even they could not make sense of this upside down world. And Jesus came. He talks them through scripture and the events of recent weeks. And he breaks bread. And then their eyes are opened. They recognize their friend Jesus and they begin to understand their new world. A world in which they have been brought 
closer to God. Our world has, of course, been turned upside down. I think most of us would admit that we long for our normal routines. We are an anxious people in an anxious world, uncertain about our future, whether we are to be together or apart. In this, we are sharing something of those in the garden and those in the closed room and those on the road to Emmaus. Like them, we are being tested in finding new ways of doing church. Clearly, there remains a huge challenge and test over the next few months and years as we seek to make sense of our world, as we struggle to work out the best way to organise ourselves as a Christian community witnessing to God. Echoes. And we pray that through all of this, we too are brought closer to God. Through the echoes of God. The voice of John, the writer of the gospel reading today, emerges from these same struggles in the early church. He, like Stephen, like us, is witness to the life and work of Jesus. The headline from his gospel is simple but startling. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus and God are identical. Jesus is with the Father as the Father is with Jesus. It is a fact grasped by the early church through their confusion in an upside-down world. It may be a fact that seems obvious to us, but we still share the same struggle of how we are to witness to this fact, to witness that Jesus Christ is Lord in our upside-down world today and in whatever tomorrow may bring. If we do not witness to our upside-down world, then who will? We're not called to leave it to someone else. We were never called to leave it to someone else. And this is where this morning's voice from Peter is so very important. Last week was Vocation Sunday, a day to be reminded that God calls each and every member of his church to witness to the message of love in word and deed. How we are called to witness to our world is as much a challenge to ourselves as it was to Stephen and to John and to Peter. It can change and surprise as quickly as our world changes and surprises today. How appropriate as our church goes online and over the phone that Peter calls us to be a spiritual house. Not confined just to one building, just on a Sunday morning. How appropriate also that Peter calls us 
to every member ministry, not simply leaving it to someone else. We are all, he says, to be a royal priesthood, all representing God in service to our anxious world. You are a royal priesthood, chosen and precious, and the world needs you. God needs you. Now, I wouldn't be the first to admit that I find this a little daunting. I suspect that it scared the women, the locked room, those on the road to Emmaus, and Stephen as he was dedicated to serve. But John calms our fears, even in our troubled world. He gives to us the words of Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Amen.